This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week, we're talking about paprika. Mmm, spicy. This came out in 2006, directed by Satoshi Kon, based on a novel by Yasutaka Sutsui. And screenplay by Shishi Manakami and Satoshi Khan. If I'm saying those right, and I'm sure I'm not. Stars. Wasn't, sorry. Wasn't, 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 wasn't bad, Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Could have been a lot worse. <laughs> Starring Megumi Hayashabara and Toro Imori and Akatsunasuki Hori. Hustle. I don't know. That's tough. Jeebus. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, there's a yeah. I'm not gonna say any more of these names. Um, <laughs> I got the most. I got most of them. I guess. Yeah, I already said Paprika's voice. Who else are we looking at here? Detective Kogawa is Akio Atsuka. Anybody else here stand out for you guys in your world of being? So I I, I will say that yeah, uh, the, the voice actress for Paprika slash Chiba. Uh, Megumi uh, Hayashibara um, was was the definite standout here. It's basically playing two characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not I'm, 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 I'm not a weeb enough to, <laughs> to to know much about the Japanese actors. Uh, okay, because in in Japan, like some of these people are are like big stars, like much I bigger guess... than our standard voice actors here. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. So, is, are they just voiceover actors, or is this like Tom Hanks and Tim Allen doing so, uh, so Toy Story it's, it's, or well, something? Imagine that, like Tim Allen and Tom Hanks became that famous just by doing voice acting work. Oh, yeah. Like so I, Dan Castellaneta. Yeah, I'm not sure that they'd be on that like necessarily that same level, but like, yeah, they're they're much more like recognized as, as celebrities over there than they are. Like, like here we we talk about like Futurama and like. Uh, or, or like you just mentioned, Dan Castellaneta. Um, yeah, people kind of know who they are, but you know they don't think about them when they're you know think about movie stars, you know, or stars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like All right. The, um, the Billy West, John DiMaggio is that kind of thing. Before we get into anything else, they said it's based on a novel. So this is this actual on a real novel, or is this a graphic novel? Or a... uh, you know, I I was too busy to look that up today. <laughs> I thought about that though, Jeff. <laughs> uh, I imagine it's it's probably a graphic novel, like a, a yeah, it was illustrated and everything. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know that. Okay, uh, whose was this? Was this yours, Scott? This was mine. Yes. Okay. So, mm-hmm. what's your history with this? Uh, I don't remember if, if somebody I, I knew mentioned this or I just saw it pop up in a couple of different places, uh, as, as something worth watching. Um, you know, now anime is, is much more prevalent than it ever was. Like back when, you know, like Alex and I were in high school, there was like six things, right? <laughs> it was like Ninja Scroll, mm-hmm. 
uh, like the Street Fighter Two movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, there there wasn't a ton of stuff. Um, at least like unless you really dug into it, and I wasn't quite on that level. Um, but you know, even even around like early two thousands, two thousand six, when this came out, um, you know, there, there was there was a quite a bit more, um, but still nothing really outside of the uh, the Studio Ghibli stuff um, that that really ever made it to the mainstream. So I was really interested in something like this that had gotten some acclaim. Um, uh, so all, all that's to say, um, I don't remember exactly how I heard about this, uh, and I wound up. Um, like recording it back on DVR, it was on one of the cable channels, uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely an experience. Um, definitely landed differently than than a lot of things that I've seen in a good way. Okay, yeah. Alex, what's your history with it? Um, I kind of heard about this because yeah, Scott was saying this one um, actually hit a little bit of the mainstream because I saw advertisements for it. And commercials. Not a lot, but enough that, that, you know, it took me by surprise going, oh shit, an anime movie is actually getting a little bit of press over here. So, uh, me and a couple friends from work, uh, we went to the small indie theater that we have that's in Irvine. I think it's still in operation, right? Yeah, the one across from the the college. Yeah. Or the university, Uh, I guess. We went there to watch it, and yeah, it was fantastic. I loved it. From... Get the get-go. Was it me that told you about it, Scott, or vice versa? You might have told me about it, too. It, yeah, I, I honestly don't remember. chicken, chicken eggy. Yeah, I, I'm sure, yeah, we, we both saw it and were like, oh, I need to tell the other person about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'll go next. I saw it for the very first time yesterday. Uh, I've seen it on Scott's list for the past several years. I've been <laughs> re- just totally... Hope we don't do it. I had no idea what it was. Thought we were talking about a spice or something. I have no idea. Um, yeah, we'll get into it. I, I, I will say, I mean, once I knew it was animated, I'm like, all right. So this, and then it was Japanese. It was an anime. I'm like, uh, which is not my thing. Um, yeah, there were some parts I really liked. Some parts I really didn't like. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of it. But so it's the first time I never heard of it at all. Like, it's just not in my fucking world yeah <laughs> it's not on your radar no yeah me. not at all it's way too close to the surface to be on my radar <laughs> um all right well with that let's get into it as usual we're just going to talk about seven items from the movie scott what's your number seven all right uh my number seven um is the the main uh song theme um that kind of gets used in different ways mostly directly related to the paprika character um it's there's like a a different version of it in the beginning um and it does pop up every once in a while with her um the song that plays over the credits um it's kind of this weird earworm it's kind of haunting pop (laughs) japanese pop i don't know how to really describe it yeah Uh, but i felt like it served the 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 movie well um and it, it definitely stuck with me um, in, in a way that uh, most music in in movies um, hasn't over the years. So uh, yeah, that's that's my number seven. But I think I think the the name of it is the girl from Biakka. 
I'm, I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sure. The girl but, from, yeah. Yeah. Um, by Susumu, uh, looking this up real quick. Susumu Hirasawa. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's my number seven. Okay. Alex, what's your number seven? My number seven, and uh, this plays directly to uh, this movie having a bit more marketing here in the U.S., and that one of the reviewers, like, you know how they have quotes in the movies and stuff? Saying, oh, this is the greatest movie since sliced bread, blah, blah, this and that. One of the quotes was that uh, Japanese anime, it was something akin to Japanese animation is pushing the boundaries of what the medium can do while the U.S. is uh, playing in the sandbox. Basically calling our films like a little bit childish and stuff. So this, and at the time I was working as a character animator in video games. And the office was, like, at least my team was livid with this quote. Going, <laughs> what do they know about this and that? And I'm like, oh, I'm surveying the landscape of the 2001 animated movies that came out of, you know, the West. And I'm like, oh, they're kind of fucking right. <laughs> I didn't say it at the time because I didn't want to get fired. But I, I would I would even, Alex, take that a step further mm-hmm. um, and, and say certain, you know, live action filmmaking um, you know, there there might have been some some stilting along that point. Like, his, oh yeah, we'll definitely talk more about it. But this this movie's doing some very interesting, some very cool things mm-hmm. um, with the the way they're the the different shots are laid out. Because I guess it's like technically camera work, but um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll I mean, talk yeah, about it. it is. Yeah, they were they were definitely pushing the boundaries. There's no way at 2001 that you could do anything like this live action and it be taken seriously or even believable. I mean, I mean, even now again with with some of the, like they're they're doing stuff in this that you you can't do even with with CG if it's live action. Um, so, yeah, like with, with some of the cuts and things like that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah it'd be very difficult to pull off. I would think you could, but you got to be careful. You don't turn into like. What was that movie? The Ready Player One or something, which is yeah, right. Yeah. Like you could do it. Yeah, you, just... you bring up a good point, Jeff. Like, yeah, you could. It would just, it would, it would lose all of its soul in the process. You would have to take. Yeah. You have to have someone with real good constraint, like, like be able to. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I enjoyed Ready Player One. It's fun, but I, I didn't like marvel at it. Right. So. Right. Yeah. For the most exactly. part. Exactly. All right, uh, my number seven um, is a, a kind of well the intro of this show. So, like I said, I know nothing about it. I, the way I'm the the start with him, you know, all this weird shit happening with the circus and everything. Okay, fine. And then, okay, it's a dream sequence. Oh, cool. And she takes off the little device. I'm like, ooh, this is kind of like a Black Mirror, or vice versa, right? You know, I'm sure this inspired a bunch of other stuff. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so I really dug that. Okay, I might like this. And then Scott, that song and the credits showed up, and she was skipping all over the place. And I was like, "This is what I don't like about anime." <laughs> I had, I had, I had the and exact it immediately turned opposite, me off. Like I had the exact opposite reaction. <laughs> yeah, because you like that stuff. To me, it's just that's why I don't like it. And it's just so <laughs> the very beginning was so cool, and then it's just this cute little Japanese girl dancing around and singing this song, and I just like, oh no. I mean, she so. wasn't singing. <laughs> I know, I know, but the song was in the, back, in the thing, and she was skipping along. Though. That is, she yeah. was skipping along, and, and I it just so the intro was both good and bad. Like I said, the cold open, I really dug, and then all of a sudden it turned 
<laughs> to, to just like like problems that I have with anime. It's just not for me, and I just see that and I'm like, ah. So luckily, it didn't do a lot of that during the movie, but that that part there was just woof. So good and bad. That's my number one, the intro, or my number seven is the intro. Uh, Scott, <laughs> what's your number six? Uh, my number six was the uh, so throughout the movie that they, they kind of play with. Um, you know, Thumbs. little, yeah, actually, quite literally, that's actually what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they play with little bits of the dream, like popping up, or people talking to kind of their, their inner egos. I don't know, how to qualify it exactly, but uh, yeah. Um, but the one that showed them like no, they're still in the dream was when they're in the 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 walking bridge, like. I don't know what you call it when it connects two buildings, but it's covered completely. Yeah. Um, like the hallway between buildings. But we were walking by that, and then all of a sudden the, the giant doll's just standing there. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the like the, the concept of that. Um, and there's just kind of this like beat of like, oh, we're we're not in the, like, it lets the audience catch up a little bit. <laughs> we're not in Kansas Yeah, anymore. we're not, we're not like, you know, we're not in real life. Um, it turns out though that, it gets very blurred um and yeah then the, the whole sequence of them running from the the doll now the doll can't like grasp stuff and just slap <laughs> i thought that they yeah, that was cool like they a kept, baby if they kept that consistent because that's the, the, the doll wasn't built to do like grabbing oh no, yeah that makes more sense um yeah yeah just them running from it like i don't know what it was about this movie but i always li- really liked how they they made people run um no, yeah, it wasn't not not like Tom Cruise. Yeah, not like Tom Cruise. Like it did. It, it wasn't. It did, I don't want to say it like felt wholly realistic, um, but it felt right in this movie. I, I don't know. Like there, there was like a, a style to it that I think worked. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that's my number six. When the giant doll appears in the the walking bridge. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I think you're muted. Yeah, I am muted. I said, yeah, I was, I was, I was screwed with everything you were saying. I, I, I have more to say about little baby doll later. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alex, what's your number six? Uh, my number six is it was a little it it was a little eye rolly for me, but when the chief goes nuts, uh, I kind of like that. I didn't like the way like it was set up because they were in the office. They were talking about, well, you know what? They they haven't done anything malicious or bad with this technology yet. And then that's immediately when the chief starts going like off his rocker. I'm like, okay, it's like uh, it, it's it's like a little bit. Um, what do I want to say here? Not cheesy, but uh, f- fucking contrived. Well, yeah, contrived. And. Uh, but with Chief but talking th- about the the ultimate bad guy or whatever, or uh, no, at the very beginning when they were in the office, and I like I, I was watching the um, subtitled version, the little ball so, guy. Yeah, so it took me a second because oh. I forgot about this. Yeah, I forgot about this whole scene, and he just starts going off on like the refrigerator and the milk's going bad, but that's you know where the clarity of the ocean lies or whatever he was spewing out, you know, <laughs> out of the stream of consciousness, and I'm like. At first, I read a couple sentences. I'm like, "Wait a minute! <laughs> Did they just fuck up the translation?" Yeah, yeah, I thought the, the same thing. And I was like, "Oh, I was yeah. like, oh no!" He's like, "He's still going." He's like, "Oh shit!" Um, so I, I felt like there. You know, you mentioned the translation. I felt like there was something lost there. Um, oh, like like yeah. I get I get the point of like okay, they're going crazy. It's not supposed to make any sense. 
Mm-hmm. But I got the impression that what they were saying was supposed to be funny, and it just wasn't. So I, I wonder if, like, in the original Japanese, if there was more humor intended there, or if, yeah, it was just supposed to be gibberish, and we were just supposed to wait for it to be over. Uh, maybe. I caught that it was just stream of consciousness, just because you say some bullshit in dreams. <laughs> you don't. Right. That doesn't make sense. So it's a kind of articulate, like, a dream into words. I mean, the, the chief is basically describing the weird parade, though. Oh, yeah. So, that, it's, that, so it's not complete that's nonsense. That's central truth, yeah. But... I'm so confused. You're talking about the side, the, the head scientist guy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, when he jumps... Before he jumps out the window. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you call him chief. Is that his name was chief, or are you just being, like, stupid chief? I don't... No, he was the, the chief there. Yeah. He wasn't the president. I know he was the, he was the chairman. Yeah, yeah, the chairman. The, in, 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 in one of these the things I've, I've never, yeah. I've never liked in anime is like when people get old, they they drop like two or three feet off their. Like, <laughs> yeah, they did. Not how tall they were they in their prime. Into Yodas. Yeah, they turn like into like little people. It doesn't make any sense. Like, they could have could have done. Like, they could have given him like another few inches. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was that short in college too. We didn't get a flashback. Yeah. Yeah, and then he was saying, was he? I mean, they were talking about like World War II shit in there too, right? Like he was, oh yeah. I mean, I know lots of it with the salutes and stuff, but like there was some stuff that I was like, ah, I, exactly. I was confused, and I put it up for it. it's dream shit and it's lost in translation shit. I have more stuff to say about that later too. Mm-hmm. All right, um, I guess I'll just do that now then. So my number six. Uh, <laughs> Okay, in a movie like this, there, you should there is a lot of what the fuck, so it's like it's mm-hmm. it's fine, but I feel like in a movie like this and it's being translated, you lose stuff in translation. I just felt extra confused, and I'm like, am I confused because that's what the writers want, or am I confused because I'm missing something? And so that was a little hard for me at times. Like, okay, like the whole knowing if she was Paprika or not. I'm like, why is she kind of you know something like that? Like, okay, ultimately, I was on, I was following but i felt uneasy and i don't like that when i don't know if it's because the director and writer want me to be that or because i just i'm missing <laughs> something because like in this case i'm you know i'm reading the whole time and and, and you lose stuff in that translation so it um, is difficult to follow again yeah, that doesn't yeah. really mean like doesn't answer your question jeff but i, I do agree it is it is tough to follow yeah. yeah and so like i said it's it's one thing when the writer and director wants you to feel that way another thing is if you don't know if it's because you're losing something because of the language translation or subtitles or just whatever. Mm. And and me, if I'm not fully paying attention because it's anime. But, but for this, I was... <laughs> this one had my attention for most of it. Like, Laura kept... You know, she comes in when I watch stuff and she's like, rolls her eyes. A lot of times I agree with her. And I'm like, no, actually, this is, this is interesting. I don't know if it's good or not, but it's interesting. And I'm paying attention the whole time, but I'm... Uh, I don't know what's going on. She was like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck, but... I'm watching it. So. <laughs> as long as you can walk in in like the last 10 minutes, it was probably like you could talk your way out of it. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. more to say about um, some of that stuff too. All right, but that's my number six. So, Scott, number five. Uh, my number five was um, kind of combining things here, um, but uh, it kind of happens twice, but Paprika's escape, um, her two escapes. Um, so when she's uh, like effectively a pixie and she's flying away, um, that was just some, some really cool animation. Um, oh, yeah. And that, that felt a lot like 
some of the like it reminded me of, like Princess Mononoke actually. Um, some of the stuff going on there. Um, but when she was doing like the Monkey King <laughs> thing, um, yeah, that was cool. There, there was there was one point that I absolutely loved when she's trying to get away. Um, when she she's figured out who the villains were, um, and she's like being held. But then it's a dream, right? So she sees herself like around the corner, and she yells at herself, "Like you have to get away!" And then it cuts to that character because that's her. Like it's it's yeah it's it's <laughs> it's kind of a mind bender, um, but I, but I loved it so much. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just the that whole dream logic they threw in there for that. Um, and then yeah, she she runs from the butterflies, um, and they kind of explain why there's butterflies. Um, but uh, well, do I, they? The, Why I don't? I missed that. Because the the one henchman um, is in the butterflies, and he's sort of like the yeah, he's a henchman. He's like the the muscle, <clears throat> um, or he's supposed to be the muscle. So like yeah, literally yeah. So like the butterflies are like kind of his representation when he's not actually around. But he's like yeah, he's like he collects butterflies or whatever. At least in his dream. Mm-hmm. Maybe in real life. But also, in a lot of like Japanese media and stuff like that, when it has to do with dreams, and I'm, I'm looking at you, Persona, there's <laughs> butterflies for, for stuff when entering a, like another dimension or a dream state or something like yeah, that. Yeah, butter, butterflies were a big thing in uh, the Cowboy Bebop movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you it, mentioned... it was the butterfly, I tell <laughs> you, the butterfly. You mentioned two other ones that we've watched, and I can't tell you a damn thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember I didn't hate them either, but I just it's not it didn't sink. But yeah, just just again to recap, her escape, especially like when she's escaping like the the plants, um, when she's like a in pixie mode, and then when she's in the the Monkey King cloud thing, the Sun Wukong or yeah. from Wukong, Sun Wukong. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was good stuff. So that's that's my number five. Mm. Okay, uh, Alex, number five. Uh, my number five, I thought this idea of everyone's dreams just merging into one consciousness was a very good take on a world-ending event that I don't think has been done before or since this movie, but um, I, I really enjoy that concept. Yeah, I, I, I liked how they don't explain, they, they don't even say anything about how the real world damage actually gets done. Um, they kind of they kind of hint at it with like people jumping out of buildings or causing yeah. traffic accidents, but like why is that giant crater there? They, they don't explain it. Yeah, <laughs> that one is like, once they, once they showed that, then it was like, oh shit, well then how did that one happen? <laughs> they kind of like, yeah, most, yeah. yeah, me too. It's yeah. Most of it can be explained just by people in a waking dream state, or they're seeing all this stuff that's not really there, but they're seeing it in their minds. It's it's awesome. I like it. I don't want it to happen. <laughs> Let's go on the record right now. <laughs> I don't want to be tied up in anybody else's dream parade. But <laughs> dream parade. It, yeah. It, so it's so cool they, they, they do they do kind of like imply that there is a collective dream state that everybody enters one way or the other yeah and so that's like a thing that's why everybody's able to be like yeah, caught up into it. it yeah yeah mm-hmm. 
right, there it is. All right, well, my number five, and this was... I feel like this thing, ha- at one point, I was like, okay, this is not going all weird anime on me. And then finally, <laughs> this thing went full weird on me with... The, the, before the all oh, this before or after the parade or during the parade when he gets her on the table and he starts feeling her up and stuff I'm like oh god here we go and then he turns in the tentacle porn I don't know what the hell is going on he's sticking his hand all the way up her and it just got real weird for me what mm-hmm. I don't remember the head like it was unnecessary for him to start like over. down there yeah that was unnecessary um, yeah. Well, first, yeah. Did he, does he grope her up top? Then he goes down below. Then he goes in there. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, he's being. Her? I mean, he's, he's being. He's definitely being rapey. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. turns. I mean, it wasn't tentacles, but it was roots and whatever. It was just. I don't know. It turned. Oh, you can thank Sam Raimi for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh god, here we go. So. <laughs> it was definitely shocking. He and Zipter. I did. I think it was. Yeah, I did think that was cool. Like that, that was, was cool. It was like, something. This boy, like this is this isn't a horror movie, but this is like as close as it gets. Is when yeah. It was, it was... Oh no! I think giant baby geisha baby scarier. I don't know. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, that's number five. So Scott, number four. Uh, my number four is again the. The way they're, they're they're telling the story here, um, they, they, I, I'd be curious to see what the storyboarding looked like for this. Oof. Um, it had to be it's like it, like madness incarnate. Yes, exactly. Like it had to be absolutely ridiculous. Um, and yeah, just talk talk more about specific scenes a little bit. But um, they're doing super cool things with the the scene transitions. Um, with them going from one place to the other, like at one point she dives to the TV, um, like, and it's, it's all like, it's animation, right? So it's seamless. Um, but it's all so cool. At one point they, they even do talk about like film angles and stuff like that. So yeah, um, I got more to say about that. Yeah. You know, on, on one level, like this, this is, this movie is about dreams and subconscious and all that. Um, but it's also about filmmaking. Like it's heavily about filmmaking, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that's really cool. Um, you know, once they like, you know, they they hit you hard with it at the very beginning, so they they kind of train you to like the directors training you to, to look for it, um, and then you know they specifically call it out in the middle of the movie. Um, you know, just as as an aside, um, this movie did. Um, I don't know if, if Jeff, maybe you're the one who mentioned it. Uh, the, like this director, particularly with some of his other movies, and, and this, I've um, definitely inspired some some uh, directors. Um, you know, like that that hallway scene. It's clearly like uh, you you see shades of it in uh, more more shades <laughs> of Arn Anderson's mm-hmm. Spinebuster. Uh, you see shades of it in, in Inception. Um, like oh yeah, like that had to have, like drawn yeah a lot of inspiration from that. Um, just the whole idea of the dreams and stuff. Um, you, you can see that uh, you know Darren Aronofsky um, has has done like like in I don't know if it was Black Swan, but he he did an entire scene for one of his director's other movies. 
Um, oh, that was Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. He, he bought the rights for Perfect Blue just so that he could rip off that Yeah, show. yeah. Or caught ripping off. But, uh, yeah, it's ripping off. Homage. Um, eh. It's live action. Potato, uh, tomato. <laughs> um, you know, Guillermo del Toro is on record, you know, saying that he's drawn inspiration. So, like, there's some just some, some really, really cool, um, just, like, film stuff going on here. Um, that that's 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 very interesting and and there's an energy to it um for for a good chunk of the movie mm-hmm. um so yeah that, that's my number four see now since we're talking inspirations here i uh, i should do a little bit more research on this i think i will but do you think that randy quaid's dreamscape had any insp- was uh the inspiration for parts of this movie I don't. Dennis I, Quaid. <laughs> Randy Quaid. I, I don't know. I never watched Dreamscape. I don't know. What's what's Dreamscape? Oh, you guys haven't seen that movie? This is the one where there's a secret government uh, program that trains psychics to go into people's dreams to assassinate them. No. And uh, Randy Quaid, uh, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> God damn it, Quaid. He's. he's He's one of them, and it's like, oh, it's the perfect assassination because when you kill somebody in their dreams, it just looks like they had a heart attack. Right. So it's an interesting movie. You sure it's not inner space? Yeah, I was thinking of inner space. It is not inner space. Are you sure? It is. Yes, I'm sure. It is Dreamscape. Okay. And it's got, I want to say that it was Sully that was the main antagonist in this one. Sully. From Commando. Sure it wasn't Farscape? <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't Farscape. There's no blue people. Out of out of the three of us, Jeff would be the last person I would guess to make a Farscape. Yeah, reference. Farscape reference. Yeah, <laughs> I love Farscape. By the way, I only saw a couple episodes when I was younger. It's a Jim mm-hmm. Henson thing, right? It is. Yeah. See, you know what? Oh, so. I'm putting Dreamscape on my list. Can't wait. Uh, so that was still <laughs> Alex Scotts, or is that Alex's? That was Alex's. Alex's. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, we already tried to talk about it, um, but, uh, baby, geisha doll, whatever that thing was, was terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah, this, the one you mentioned looking through the bridge, whatever, that was scary. It, in the closet at one point when they were, uh, they were checking the guy's apartment out or whatever, just, yeah, uh, turning its head later when, yeah, I didn't like that baby. That was a scary baby. <laughs> CGI yeah, baby. when they, when they uh, went to the, uh, amusement park. And there was just that one little doll sitting on the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> That's when my wife came into the living room. She looked at the TV and she said, nope. <laughs> and just <laughs> walked right back out. <laughs> Peace right out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot yeah, of people that, was... that fall long distances in this movie and are fine afterward. Those are dreams. At least physically. Yeah. Well, well they it, don't... I mean, it is inferred that the chief, when he jumped out the window, he got snagged on the tree or something. Right, they imply that, yeah, the tree broke. But that one guy, yeah, went straight through glass yeah. <laughs> and hit the pavement. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about not in their dreams in real life. Yeah, I, I was yeah. like, where's the blood there? <laughs> but I guess he lived, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was uh, number four, so what's oh. about number three? No, sorry, we skipped my number four. Oh, did we? That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my number four is the detective finishing his film. Uh, that whole subplot that kind of tied the beginning, middle, and end of the of the movie together was brilliant. Uh, trying to find like the get to the bottom of his neuroses 
at the start. That's why he's doing this therapy in the first place. And then he was kind of left on his own when the parade kind of went off the rails. And then he actually just was very introspective in that dream bar. And he went back into his memories. He completely forgot about his best friend that he filmed this movie with. And then it was his the memory of his friend that was still in his subconscious just telling him, hey, finish this movie. How does it end? It was brilliant. It was awesome storytelling for me. I loved it. Can you explain to me that dream bar slash computer program? I was lost with that. So this this is my take yeah, on it. Yeah, that one's a little, um, a little weird. They had developed, uh, I, I guess, software. Um, to to help manage the this like psychotherapy thing that was supposed to be used with the other device, um, and so those characters were there to to help facilitate that. So they're just basically computer programs, um, and so that they like so they couldn't be taken over by the dream because they 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 don't dream. Um, they're just again, I don't know if they're AI exactly, but um, and and I think. The paprika persona also, to a degree, is that, but I don't think they necessarily intended her to be, because um, it kind of took on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but almost uh, a, yeah, a separate personality. Yeah, but uh, just, just reading the trivia, there's not a lot of trivia for this on IMDb, but uh, yeah. one of it was that the, those two guys were the director and the the guy that had written the novel. So, oh, okay. I don't know if it was oh. based on how they looked, but they were doing the voices. Okay, gotcha. All right, so that was my number four and Alex's number four. So we're on to Scott number three. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Alex kind of mentioned it, but just um, just in- interesting subject matter uh, that that I you know got sucked me in through through most of the movie. Just the the exploration of you know subconscious and our aspirations, you know, like what people usually call, you know, like your dreams, don't give up in your dreams. You know, they're talking about aspirations, not literal dreams, but then it dives into, to, to literal dreams and, and how those two things kind of interact, um, and, and what they might do to a person. Um, you know, specifically you get the, the detective, um, how he's been kind of living with this guilt, um, I thought it was really cool for for his kind of arc um, to be like, you know, this this is how it's supposed to be. This is why you became a cop. Um, so you know, th- this isn't a bad thing um, that you've been kind of carrying around with you necessarily. Um, you get uh, the paprika slash chiba character where she's just um, you know basically not allowing herself to to kind of live life. Um, I think everybody else gets kind of fucked up, like. <laughs> The, t- the chief guy says that he was battling depression. Like, they kind of hand wave. Sorry, what, what the hell was that? Oh no, we're in the dream. Turn off my phone audio. Come play with us. Yeah, the the movie does kind of hand wave the idea of like what what actual depression might look like. Yeah. Um, it's like if there were a thing like this in real life that you go in someone's dream and do therapy that way. I'm sure that would help, but like it doesn't necessarily solve things like brain chemistry. Uh, I mean, the cell that solved something. <laughs> uh, 
but all that said, yeah, I just, again, I just like the idea of, of how the, the two interact with each other um, directly if, if you have the technology in this case. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my number three. Okay. Alex, number two. Oh, oh, sorry, number three. My sorry. number three yeah, sorry. is I am constantly thinking about this film only because of that scene where he explains the, uh, as I know it, and when I learned it, it was the 180 rule. And he calls it the, uh, the line of action. Uh, and that's when you're, when you're filming something, the camera has to stay on one side of that line, or else if you cut like and you flip that 180 line or you flip to the other side when you do a cut it looks off it's weird and it's it's unpleasing to the eye visually when when it's in a film or, or a bad student i mean there's some spots in some movies and tv shows and stuff like that where they do it for a specific reason but it's very rare and it's very hard to pull off so you want to keep the camera on one side of the subjects at all time and every time <laughs> I go to film something uh, for work, if I'm setting up shots, doing storyboards, anything like that, I, this always the seat always comes to my mind, and so I'll never forget the the 180 rule. I do I do like that he then immediately does a 180. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's animation. That's that's the beauty of this. Is like you're doing shit with animation that you can get away with that you couldn't with a with a regular camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, so I didn't mention that. I have this written down. I didn't mention it when I said, like, I was losing stuff in translation. And as that scene was going on, I'm like, I know what they're talking about here is happening either now or later in the movie. And I'm I just, I'm not a film, I'm not a uh, You're not filmmaker. a film, film talking guy. I'm not a mm-hmm. filmmaker. I don't speak Japanese and this movie's fucked up anyway. I do not get what's going on. I know this is happening or going to happen, and I, I it was pissing me off because it's about pan focus. And they said the one eighty. I'm like, fuck, they're going to do it, and that's going to like give something away, or it's going to tell us something, and I'm not quite following it. Because also because I'm reading it as opposed to like watching the scene, right? Like there's things like that, and um, yeah. So I, I guess I knew I was missing something there as they were talking about it. I was like, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> All right, my number three, uh, I already kind of talked about it, is as I was watching this, I'm like, okay, I could see people, uh, and, and us in the West have stolen from this or borrowed, as I already <laughs> mentioned, Black Mirror. You guys already mentioned Inception. Um, so I was like, I find it cool when I watch stuff. and like, oh, okay. And you find out when it happened, like, oh, this has happened before. So, well, in this one, I knew that because we had asked the year beforehand. But it's just nice. I like when I when I can find the source, and this might not even be the source, right? There's probably something even older that this guy stole from. Everyone steals from somebody, but yeah, in modern game. times, like the, uh, the yeah, saying is escape. for maybe for writers, <laughs> but it applies here. It's like um, good good writers borrow, great writers steal. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. right. And, and like I said, the, the little device that they put on their head. I mean, that definitely is a Black Mirror thing. Right, they and, don't really it's going back to Inception too with that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was different. Inception was a little, you know, it was, it, it's about dreams, but it's, it's different. So, it, it, but it definitely, like I said, some of those scenes and the stretchiness and just mm-hmm. how our fucked up our dreams are. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Scott, number two. Uh, my number two, uh, going back to, to what Jeff said in the beginning, uh, the, the opening sequence, the, the cold open and, and the opening credits, uh, 
I, I love that sequence so much. Um, like, definitely hooked the, the first time, and, and watching it again um, hooked me in again. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying, Jeff, where it's it's kind of weird and, and cutesy, but in, in the opening credits, like, they're doing so many cool things with with her, like, jumping into that guy's t-shirt, and then the camera pans around, and that's where she is, and then she jumps out of it. Yeah. Um, I, I love that shot when she's in the the restaurant and the dudes are hitting on her and then you see her reactions play out in the different kind of sequences behind her as she's getting up to leave. Um, just the, the transitioning of, of her like going across the billboards and, and back on the, the, the moped. Um, and then ultimately it, it ends with her driving the car and then um, you, you, you blink and it's the, the Chiba character. Who, uh, who whose persona is uh, Paprika, um, and and I did like the music. <laughs> uh, this is definitely uh, not for everybody. I I have no <laughs> no no way to, to convince, uh, especially you, Jeff, of that. But um, yeah, I just that 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 first ten minutes is so good. Uh, they're doing so many cool things with the the, the cuts and the edits, and yeah, yeah I loved it. I- I would say the cuts, you're right with the cuts now. It was just the skipping, and then the music was just not for me. But her just skipping around, and it was just, like I said, if you already have a, <laughs> this built up shield against this kind of stuff, and it happens, you're just <laughs> like, anime callous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I started to let my guard down at the beginning, and it's like, no, here it comes. All right. Uh, Alex, number two. My number two is I forgot. I haven't seen this movie in. Years, so I forgot that Paprika and Chiba were one person essentially, uh, and I thought, you know, at the at the start, it's kind of like, okay, she's just the alter ego. Whenever she's helping a patient or jumps into dreams and stuff, she, you know, puts on this uh, Paprika persona and everything to kind of stay anonymous and you know to show another side of herself and stuff. But, like, when they start, like, interacting with each other or talking to each other, going, what are you doing here? Stuff like that. It's like, oh, shit. Are these two women, like, completely separate personalities? And it turns out that the answer is kinda? (laughs) And what Scott mentioned before, that Paprika might have been, like, a program along with the two other bartenders to help uh, with with the psychology of uh, some patients adds just another layer to it that maybe... She somehow melded with Chiba's other personalities and took on a life of her own. Uh, so her character is just super cool. So, so th- this is what I think. Um, when, like for most of the movie, uh, if if Chiba is not in the the whatever, she puts herself in the dreamscape. Uh, yeah, the DC, which I think has to be Dreamcatcher, right? They don't, yeah. they don't actually say it, but I think that's what it has to stand for. Um, if she's not doing that, Paprika is not there. Um, so she is the, like, it's her avatar, for, for lack of a better term, um, right. in, in this dreamscape. But at some point, due to all the different, like, the differences in the, the dreams and the, the technology, like, Paprika becomes her own kind of thing, too. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the kind of splinters off um, like two parts of a whole uh, right so and then spoilers you know at the very end 
uh, it turns out that yeah, she, she you know, Chiba kind of figures it out, and then Paprika also figures out a little bit later. That's like okay, we need to become one whole person again, right. and, cool. and become a baby. Yeah, <laughs> very hungry baby. Yeah, baby. All right, uh, uh, Scott or Alex, what are we at? Number two. Yeah, All that right. was my number two. Just Paprika as a character is awesome. Oh, okay. really good. Uh, my number two and number one are related, and it, and it's kind of weird. And um, but like I'll, this movie. <laughs> I'll go with the the, my neg- the negative one is some of the character designs suck. In this <laughs> uh, the chief. The the fat dude, uh, there was a couple others. They just looked, they were so bad. And, <laughs> oh, hard to disagree, but yeah, like I, I thought like she was fine, the, the cop was fine, the, some of the other ones were fine, but like those two, they, they looked so like they were in different cartoons to me. Like, I they didn't feel like they were in the same movie, they were so exaggerated. And uh, I had a hard time, like, that really bothered me how like. Especially those two, because they were in it a lot. And I just, like, ah, Did not like it. There it is. <laughs> Scott, number one. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff likes what he likes. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, just like what I just like. So, uh, my number one is, is kind of what you were just talking about, Alex. Um, I, I love the idea of, of Paprika and Chiba um, being kind of, you know, opposites here. And, and again, the, the the actress is is doing a great job here. Um, so you, you get Chiba, and she's she's kind of cold, logical, humorless, um, very serious. And then in the Paprika persona, she's warm, engaging, um, exuberant, and like really the the model and a manic pixie dream girl that that was a thing at the time. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, literally one point becoming a pixie. Uh, yeah, yeah. And in this case, though, I think it's not as bad, though, because she's literally a dream girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or is designed to be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it would have been interesting if, if they had, the movie had spent, or, or maybe the novel, I, mean, I don't know how much, how much they strayed or not, but if they'd been able to give her a little more time with other people. I, I get it was un- completely yeah, unnecessary yeah, yeah. For, for this movie. Um, but just interesting to see how she kind of interacted with, with others. Um, cause I feel like she kind of tailors herself a little bit probably. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I like the, 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 the two different people there. Um, and you know, the, the ultimate idea of them kind of, them being able to reconcile. I think the, the idea for me was that they, they fractured because she had made this separation. Um, she never fully embraced this other side of herself. Um, and she finally has that dream within the dream, <laughs> that dream within a dream. Uh, and, and she, you know, in her own flashback, she, she dreams it differently. Um, you know, she allows herself to, to enjoy that guy's company. Um, you know, and she's for, for whatever reason has fallen in love with this guy. <laughs> uh, so it's the inside that counts. Yes. Yeah, the inside that counts. Um, but even she's like, yeah, it's the inside that counts, but the outside, you know, there are limits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Uh, so yeah, I I just like the, the the two different characters, and there, there's some really cool transitions between the two. Um, I really really liked the 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 one where she's like, okay, it's time for me to go into paprika mode. 
<laughs> and uh, she's running. They they use that running bridge a lot, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is why it kind of disarms you when the, the giant doll shows up there later. But the uh, they show her running, and then it cuts to her with her hair down, and then it cuts to Paprika, and you see like the difference between the three, um, where like the running style even changes. Um, yeah, they're just like they're just the level of detail, but between the two, I get, I, I had a hard time kind of picturing them like they, they definitely look like they have different faces right am i crazy about that no they had different faces. okay okay uh, i mean the the detective is kind of able to recognize her because like it's still her right so there's there's, there's gonna be something familiar about her mm-hmm. um but uh yeah I, again I, I just like the idea that this character um characters uh and uh yeah, I, I think it, it, it was it was a cool way to again navigate the the whole dream thing um, between somebody who's very grounded in reality and then somebody who's who's tailored for dreams. That's my number one. Mm-hmm. Okay, Alex, number one. My number one is just the animation, the way everything was planned out and shot, the the surreal imagery for everything was phenomenal oh my gosh even some a lot of western stuff too when she goes into that room with a bunch of classical paintings and she she picks the the sphinx and the oedipus rex painting oh brilliant that was awesome all the yeah the weird transitions the mind-bending stuff um yeah it was all just gorgeous yeah, I agree. My number one for me is the animation. So, like, I didn't like the character designs of some of this. I did like the animation throughout uh, him running through the cart, you know, and the carpet's bending. The one shot of her, like, um, like jumping over the handrail and it just disappearing. And, yeah. She almost uh, died. Yeah, just all of that. It's, I thought it was really cool. They they kept. There, I think it was a circus scene where like a big crowd was running at him. It's a person in a dress with long hair and the dude oh, yeah. mustache. Malkovich. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> freaking me out. The the uh, the, uh, the very first like shot in the movie is her getting out of the clown car. Was that her? I thought she was on the trapeze. I, I think it was both. I think I think she's the clown in the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that was very interesting to show like okay this is like whatever's happening is is not real <laughs> exactly yeah. um yeah there's a couple other things i can't remember now but just yeah the general animation when the guys in the robot toy all like that was just interesting the whole parade i mean all the animation of the shitty ass what the fuck going on parade <laughs> the, oh, yeah. the, the creepy baby so well, no, not well. Not all the character designs worked on me. I thought the animation was really, really well. I, I feel like they they kind of gave us blue balls with the uh, the um, the abandoned amusement park carnival, whatever. Oh yeah, they just a guy fell out of the sky and then that yeah, was... like they they show it, but they never really do anything with it other yeah. than it just being kind of in the background. Yeah, I mean, was... to be fair. <laughs> oh yeah, no, abandoned... there was plenty of other stuff going on. Yeah. But... Like an just, abandoned amusement park and guy falls out of the sky. It's like, yeah, yeah maybe that's it. Yeah, I just, just feel like there was like a lot of stuff like going on in the background to not use. 
All right, that's it. Uh, any honorable mentions? I um, had none. Just one. The uh, I thought it was cool. The way the parade started, it's it's kind of like just down in the middle of like the desert. There's nothing going on around it. And as the movie goes on, there's more and more stuff. Like they get closer and closer to like life and like civilization, and then ultimately into the city. Like just just kind of I thought it was a cool way to show that this this like shared driven dream is getting more and more fucked up and sucking more people in. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You're so, thinking a fucked up situation and you brought in Germans, huh? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. It's time to rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven, one being garbage, seven being perfection. Scott, what do you rate Paprika? Uh, this, this gets an easy six for me. Um, thought... You know, I'd really think about like why I didn't want it to be a seven. Um, it's I don't know if it's on my my like top like list of movies ever, um, but definitely up there for for animation. Um, basically, everything I've talked about. There's just some super cool stuff going on here. Um, I would highly recommend this to people, and, and uh, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. Like I hadn't seen it in a while, but I you know sucked in all over again. Uh, so yeah, six. So what doesn't make it a seven for you? Um, I think, uh, it's a little too convoluted. Um, Mm -hmm. there's that, it does slow down in in the middle. Um, it kind of loses that, 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 that awesome pace that they set in the beginning. Um, and like the, the baby thing, like didn't really mesh with me the first time it didn't again this time around either we didn't really talk about it uh, rebirth yeah like i understood the concept um i don't think he did but the uh <laughs> like i don't know it just it, don't, it felt too gratuitous like not i'm not a prude or anything but yeah all right i think this was a few of the things that maybe kept it out of a, a seven for me okay alex uh, this is also a six for me. Uh, just on animation, uh, filming alone, fantastic. And yeah, I would say uh, if it was a little bit easier to follow, um, but in, in a movie like this, the point is to be confused <laughs> about yeah, it and to, make, yeah, and to draw your tough, own parallels. It's tough to say, like... So yeah, that's, but I think, that's I think Jeff. I think bending. Jeff put it best though. It's like. It sucks to feel that way, like if, like so you, if if you feel that way and the movie's over, then the filmmakers didn't do their job, or maybe it just wasn't for you, one of the two. But yeah, yeah, and like I said, my whole thing too is if it's a foreign film, so you don't know if you're you're confused because of lost in translation stuff. Mm. Okay, I might never. Sorry, I'm giving this a five. Um, I liked it. Um, didn't love it. Didn't definitely didn't hate it. Just yeah, I was I was confused for a lot of it. So that was one of the things. And it's just it's animation, or an anime on top of that, which is not my cup of tea. But I broke through all that. To I enjoyed the movie. I'd watch it again, it's not weird. on my own. Yeah, but five. This might be your highest rated anime. No, I think the ones you guys have made me watch have been all <laughs> also fives. <laughs> you guys are giving me the top you. of the list stuff. Like you said, Princess Mona, whatever, Mona, Mona, oh. Mona me? Mona, 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 Mona Princess Mona, Mona me. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Princess Ghost Mark. in the Shell or whatever. <laughs> what, 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 Dominion Tank Police. <laughs> I think we've only we did we did, uh, did Princess Mononoke and we did uh, Cowboy Bebop movie. I don't remember anything else. I know we want to do think... Spirited Away, but okay. Well, whatever. Those two I don't remember hating. Maybe I gave them fours. I don't think I disliked them. Okay. Also, uh, I don't think you just mentioned this. This clock's in at like exactly an hour thirty. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So. And and I I feel like. Uh, yeah, they, they did a perfect job of, of making what they needed to do in an hour 30. God bless animation, where every frame <laughs> over <laughs> is a lot of extra work. Mm-hmm. Keep that shit tight. Um, it's like Nightmare Before Christmas is what? An hour and five minutes or something like that? It's barely yeah. feature length. Um, all right. Now with that, it's time for our crossover topic, which is what, Scott? Uh, our top five dream sequences. So, like, sometimes we have lists and they're really tough to come up with with the top five. And sometimes some of us, like, I'm, you know, I've never done this. You might come up with some bullshit things to throw on your list. Um, In this case, it's just the opposite. Like, there were a lot of things that I came up with for this. Um, I'm curious to see, like... How easy or difficult this was for you, but uh, and I think we've done this before because as I was coming up with the list, yeah, I was like, I think I've done this. Oh, so we did daydreams, did we? Okay, goddamn it. I think all minor dreams though, because I think Alex specified that when we when we were deciding this, but yeah, I don't remember. they got to be asleep. Okay, well, okay. at, at any rate, we're jumping in here. Um, my uh, my number five, and I don't think they specify either way. On this one, so this might actually not count now that Jeff brings it up. Uh, but Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, Doesn't count. <laughs> F you, Jeff. Uh, he, he has the, the dream where he's peeing and he's following her. Um, then he has the dream after he gets killed. Uh, he's like in the middle of the video game desert. Uh, mm-hmm. So, any chance to work at Scott Pilgrim, I'm going to do it. So that's my number five. All right. Uh, Alex, number five. My number five is from Mass Effect 3. And uh, if you play that game, there's a running uh, set of dreams that where you're, uh, where Shepard is walking in a forest and stuff, following a kid that she couldn't save uh, at the beginning of the game and stuff. So it weighs on her uh, conscience throughout, pretty much throughout the whole game. Yeah. Because you've got PTSD. Yeah. PTSD is like one of those things where... It's just not a fun thing for some reason to, to show a character having. <laughs> yeah. Jeeva Sage. But yeah, it's pretty heavy. Alright. Uh, my number five, I'll get this one out of the way. And this is the one I did Meredith Children. <laughs> and so I have two two of them because one was Daydream, and that's the one with Al jumping out of the plane. Like, sir, don't you want your last minute instructions? that <laughs> i'm pretty um, sure that was real then the other one this was just being a horny horny young man was the he was sick and he kept falling asleep and having uh dreams about pam the, it was a hot shot check but it was played by pamela anderson back in the day and mm-hmm. ow he got i don't know just being hilarious so oh, yeah he right. kept getting woken up right before he was about to touch some goodies yeah exactly <laughs> Biggins. Uh, there was Sorry, there was one where, like, yeah, he had a dream about a girl played with, by Pamela Anderson, another girl, somebody else, and the third dream was with both of them. 
Yeah. And then Al Hercules Bundy. Yeah, they're fighting with each other. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, well, obviously I'm having one hell of a dream. Why don't you guys fight over me? And then the winner could have me first and third and fifth. <laughs> oh, God damn it. What, what about the, the episode when, uh, I guess this might be more of a daydream, but the, the bowling episode where then he dreams that he... He saves, like, the kids from the burning house or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was a psychotic dream. Psychotic <laughs> he was just scary. staring at it, yeah, yeah. at the TV turned off. Yeah, blank television screen. <laughs> All right, that's my number five. Psycho. Scott, what's your number five? Four. Uh, number four is Office Space. So I think there's a couple ones in this, but uh, specifically oh, I the... I forgot about That's a good one. The, yeah. the one where he dreams of... of uh, Gary Cole's uh, Lumberg um, fucking his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> he's got the... He's, he's still got the coffee mug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That's great. Alright, Alex, number four. My number four is the Simpsons Halloween special. Uh, f- I want to say it was the fourth season where uh, Bart... Lisa and Homer all have dreams because they ate too much Halloween candy the night of. Mm-hmm. But the one I like the most is Bart's because it's kind of like the Twilight Zone kid that can make stuff happen with his mind. Pretty mm-hmm. much whatever. And at the end of it, <laughs> he and Homer become actually have a really good father-son relationship and it ends with, I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. And then Bart wakes up screaming his head off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's great. It is good that Bart did that. Very <laughs> good. You know what we say when something weird happens. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number four is P.B. Herman's Nightmare He Has. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, uh, God damn it, I forgot about that. About his bike and Enrico Palazzo's playing the devil. <laughs> Down! So, <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Scott, number three. Uh, number three is the Big Lebowski. Uh, Honorable mention. Uh, the sequence he has where he's bowling and they're all dressed up like Valkyries, and it's got the kick-ass condition that my what mm-hmm. the condition that my condition is in. Uh, he's like going under. <laughs> he's, he's going down the the bowling lane and it's like looking up skirts and just look on his face. <laughs> it's gold. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, number three. Also the Big Lebowski. That right. <laughs> seems great. Yeah. All right, uh, my number three, and I'm pretty sure I've used this before. Maybe it was like Drunk Escapades or something, but the Elephants on Parade from Dumbo. When mm-hmm. you get that whole entire scene. generation of kids. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And still the best part of Fantasmic. Pachyderm. All right, uh, Scott, number two. Uh, number two is might be on somebody else's list here. It's uh, this might be a daydream. Fuck, I don't remember now. But uh, Happy Gilmore. Not on my list. Okay. Uh, uh, it's a daydream, but I'll I'll allow it. I vaguely remember him having a dream dream about this. But, uh, yeah, where he goes to his happy place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they're all good. The little person running by in the <laughs> on the the horse head. Uh, when when Shooter shows up, starts making out with his grandma <laughs> in the kiss mask. Uh, Chubs 
playing the piano. Uh, hi, Happy. Got my other hand back. <laughs> piano oh. keeps playing. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh, that's that's awesome. Powers. Was he playing? I don't remember what he's playing. Yeah. Anyway. At the very end, him, Abe Lincoln, and alligator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, happy. <laughs> All right, Alex, number two. My number two is Twin Peaks. That weird backwards dream that he mm. has that eventually leads him to the killer. They were speaking backwards all the time. Mm-hmm. That's rough. Absolutely fascinating. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, my number two is, I mean, there could be a lot from this movie. It would be Nightmare on Elm Street. I picked the very, the first one. The movie opens up with the girl running through the boiler room and in all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It was a good intro to the, one of the scariest movies of my childhood. Freddy Krueger. Fred Krueger, Mom. All right, uh, <laughs> Scott, number one. Uh, number one is uh, one that we God feels like we had this recently, but probably not. Uh, that'd be the fly. Uh, oh damn it! Yeah, uh, that's a dream that she, she has, which is yeah, yeah. That one's still still getting the taste out of my mouth for, from that one. That's a that's a rough rough scene. Yeah. <laughs> it was Cronenberg delivering the maggot, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, one of my honorable mentions is like the same scene, but this one's just way, way more visceral. That baby has Gina Davis. Flies. <laughs> she, she's, got, she, she's, got, <laughs> she's got Gina Davis flies. Got, <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, Alex, number one. My number one, uh, this is also a video game, and this whole thing, the whole game is a dream sequence. Super Mario Brothers 2. Okay. In the West. Uh, you go through that whole adventure, it's all weird, it's like new playable characters, it's fantastic, you beat the final boss, spoiler alert, it's all a dream! Mario dreamed it all, and then he goes back to sleep. <laughs> Surprise, it's not even a Mario game. <laughs> yeah, it's a Mario game. <laughs> it's me! I dream of a different game with a Mario! Um, Alright, so my number one is Judgment Day, Sarah Connor's Dream yeah, that's a good T2. One. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No fate but what we make, all that stuff. That's pretty terrifying. Her skeleton, her blowing up and her banging on the fence. That's very dreamlike, you know, trying to wake yourself or whatever. Fucked up. All right. All uh, right. A string of uh, honorable mentions here Train Spotting, Brazil, uh, Aliens. We're talking about the fly. Um, Dumb and Dumber, Christmas Story, and Vidya Game, uh, Catherine. Oh, yeah. I still haven't played that. should play that one from the wife and kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know enough about Catherine not to do that. Okay. <laughs> I had two auto-missions, Wizard of Oz. Oh, yep. oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you were there? <laughs> yeah. You were there. And then the one Simpsons one I had is, I always loved it when Bart dreams about the Declaration of it, signing of the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> yeah. John Hancock's writing his name in the snow. I don't know if that's a daydream. I forgot what kind of dream that was. But. Um, and then, Alex, do you have any? Because I have one more if you have it on the channel. Uh, no. Okay. This is still a real dream that I have ha- I've had, and I don't know if I've ever told it on, this, on the podcast. You guys, I've told you, I don't know if you remember it or not. 
This is back when we were all working at our, the place where we all I worked th- at. I think, I think I know where this is oh, going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I had a dream that one of our salesmen hired a, a zombie army to, to, <laughs> to fight our competitors. and um, But to do that, they, they tested the army on by releasing, releasing them on us. And me, Scott, and Aragorn were fighting them off, and, and unfortunately, Scott didn't make it, and only Aragorn and Damn I it. made it. And then Vigo Morgenstein, <laughs> the Vig, and then our old boss Chow like comes out of this that didn't even exist in our building, like this high thing looking down, just going good. He was basically the emperor, and he was all happy and like, well, we proved the zombie army will work, and I'm like, yeah, but you killed Scott. <laughs> and they pretty much just shrugged their shoulders, Simpson style. Oh, sorry, Scott. Yeah. No, it's one of my best dreams ever. It's so fucking random. <laughs> and I remember it too. That's what's weird. Most dreams yeah. you don't remember. It. Well, you gotta get paprika. See what the hell that's yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and with that, it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So, uh, in terms of celebrating. Home runs, which are walk-offs. Uh, where does where does headbutting rate? Is that like a new unwritten thing in in baseball? Uh, there's there's so many unwritten rules. I, I can't keep up with them all. Uh, headbutting's a ru- written rule in almost every sport. Don't do it. It's a it's a written rule in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like a recipe for disaster. But Josh Naylor nailed it onto Terry Francona. Huh? There it is. I think they're both fine. <laughs> you sound like me reading one of the Japanese names earlier today. <laughs> Terry Francona. Yeah, these are Western names. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm curious to see where you come with this because I'm pretty sure Terry Francona was fired at some point earlier this year. Oh, really? Oh, I'm watching the video from ESPN right now. Headbutts him right in the helmet. Maybe I can get some confused. With I think, no, there's Joe Girardi I think they got. Anyway. Anyways. Sports. Sports. Ball. It's, it's time for Neem News. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, very light week for me. Uh, Nintendo is always very coy, but they, they had a a mini, what they call a mini direct. So their, mm-hmm. their announcements, uh, June being you know, the month for you know, the E3 month that, that hasn't happened in a couple years now. Uh, but people still playing their they're big announcements, at least a lot of them around this month. And yes, Nintendo snuck one in uh, on Monday. Uh, uh, some some cool stuff. Uh, Monster Hunter, if you care about that, I don't. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but the the big news uh, kind of toward the end was uh, they they announced that uh, Persona was coming to the Switch. Uh, the the first one will be Persona Five Royal on Switch. For anybody that's that's fan of the Persona series, and then it's about damn time. And then P three P and P four G will also be coming at a future date. Uh, so now everybody can play it on everything. Uh, hooray! Hmm. <laughs> now I got to decide whether I want to play those on my my Steam Deck or on my Switch or elsewhere. Or what? Yeah. I kind of like what was that one with the with the fox and the deer? That one looked really interesting. Fox. And, oh, I forget the name of that one. Um, 
Yeah. You have to work together. Pretty much. Yeah, you have to work together, and it's an unlikely pair of a, uh, a deer and a, a wolf. Not a fox, a wolf cub. And it's all monochromatic, you know, black and white for everything. The art style looks fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah, like pretty interesting uh, game. Yeah, there, there were a couple of interesting things I don't remember the names of, though. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they, if anybody's interested, you can go back and look at the direct for June 26th, 27th. Yeah, a couple days ago. 27th. Um... Yeah, Video games. Video games. Uh, other than that, yeah, nothing, nothing really for me. Uh, we've got Thor: Love and Thunder coming out on the eighth. Mm-hmm. So basically, almost a week from now. Um, we're sure we'll all go see that. Have you guys watched? Um, I know you have, Scott. Alex, you watched the new Strange yet? Is it on Disney Plus now? It is on Disney Plus. I I want to watch the Spider Man one first. Oh, Do- Doctor Strange two is already. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've seen yeah. commercials for it. It's streaming. Or, yeah, oh wow. It's streaming. Yeah, it's yeah, on it's, there. it's cool. Um, so Alex, you have not seen uh, No Way Home. I have not. Ah, yeah. I know, yeah, I gotta too. watch. I want to watch that first. Yeah, you should definitely watch that first if you can. Uh, yeah. No well, Way Homes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, That's really right. enjoyed both of them. So. Uh, get in there. Is what is No Way Home on? I think we were talking about this. Like at some point, I mean, you can buy it on Prime. You buy it on Prime, but it's not. It's Sony, so you can't get on Disney Plus, which kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was gonna be streaming on some like jank service that nobody wants. Like uh, what? What's one of the cable ones? Cinemax, I think. Something like that. What was an it's H- be streaming on Cinemax Plus for well, if it was like, HBO what? Max, that'd be fine. But uh, I know <laughs> it's like it'll probably Cinemax. be like you probably you mentioned earlier, like Paramount Plus or whatever. It's streaming on um, Spectrum. Spectrum, maybe that was it yeah. for free. Yeah, if you have Spectrum, it looks like it's for free on there. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you can rent it from pretty much anywhere. It's kind of expensive rental. It's six bucks. Yikes. I know. Still, yeah. Fuck that. Just buy it. <laughs> I know. Watch it. You'll watch it more than a couple times. And... Yeah, for a Blu-ray or something. All right. Yeah, that's it for me. Uh, Alex, anything you want to go over? Uh, not really. Still playing Yakuza Kiwami Two. Uh, <laughs> now I got completely hooked with the uh, Majima Construction Company minigame. <laughs> it's kind of like a little bit of a tower defense. But your defenses have a mind of their own, <laughs> so it's kind of tough to wrangle them <laughs> to get them to do what you want. Uh, but it was so so addicting. Like the mini games are so great on these games, I love them. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. that's it. All right, uh, Jeff. The only thing I'm watching right now, Laura and I are watching a documentary called "Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey." It's Ooh. about the the fundamentalist Mormons and the, the Jeffs, Warren Jeffs. I don't know if you guys remember that whole thing. Mm-mm. The um, FAs. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucked up. It's these... It's the Mormons that, you know, the, the they go above and beyond all the polygamy and then just marrying off their children, the girls at like 14 and stuff. And it's like, I think it's four or five part miniseries that we're watching. And yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm watching. Um, <laughs> that sounds fun. 
And uh, but that's what I'm watching. But uh, you mentioned Thor coming up. The new Game of Thrones show is starting up next month as well. Really? The whatever Dragon House of Dragons or whatever. Okay. And then on top of that, they announced that they're doing a Jon Snow sequel. Did you guys hear this? I, I vaguely remember something about this. I do remember reading that uh, um, Khaleesi. Uh, uh, God damn it, Amelia Clark. Clark. Amelia Clark, thank you. Amelia Clark has no interest in doing any more <laughs> Game of Thrones stuff. Well, she did. So yeah, I mean, it's easy for her to say that, but I'm, I'm sure yeah. like they would find a way to work her in if she was like, yeah. Yeah, for what I'm, what I've read is that yeah, Kit Harrington actually is really into it. He's kind of since his career kind of sucks now. Um, <laughs> oh, he was in a Marvel. <laughs> but anyway, he went. I guess he's totally in on it. And uh, I don't know. The re- article I'm seeing is Martin. Martin has something to do with it, and but they haven't announced who the showrunners or writers are. But there will be a sequel series based off of the Jon Snow character. Don't know who it comes after. Sounds like it comes after the fact. So you know, like I said, Khaleesi obviously won't be in it. Um, but I don't. I, I already forgot who survived. So if you get an appearance by Bran or something like that, I don't know. Uh, Arya, any of them people show up? I guess they could. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in that. Like, I mean, I want something totally new. So the House of the Dragon, whatever the House of Dragon, whatever it's called, that's kind of interesting to me. But at the same time, it's like, I'm so invested in these other characters, it would be nice to kind of see what goes on there. But if he's just living behind the wall, beyond the wall, and he's just cold, and the wall's not even there anymore, I don't know <laughs> what that means. Um, which I just, I didn't realize, he actually, he's still with uh, Rose, Ro- what was her name? You know nothing, Jon Snow. Oh yeah, in, in real life, Rose Leslie, yeah. Yeah. She has her own together. show on HBO Max now, The Time Traveler's Wife. No, okay. Which I have not watched any, but uh, so I wonder if he somehow works her into the series. Like she has like a force ghost and he talks mm, to her up the awesome. wall. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. That's, sp- speaking of HBO Max, uh, I think I mentioned last week the Harley Quinn animation, right? I think so. Uh, anyway, I've been I've been going back through that to, to prep because that's supposed to come out sometime in July, the third season, uh, and it's still great. Still recommended. All right. But yeah, I think that's it. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Watch out for them butterflies. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.